Hi, I'm Ari Mizell, and this is the art of less doing. I'm going to teach you how to optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life, including your health, in order to be more effective. I want you to stress less, free up as much time as possible, and do the things you want to do. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Less Doing Podcast. This is a special episode because I decided... Uh, We just arrived in Miami and we drove here from New York City with our three kids and my wife who was pregnant and we took about three days to do it and honestly it was not that bad. I have to say the worst part was driving down I-95 for the last seven hours basically which is a completely straight road when you get into uh, Florida and it's flat and it's just mind-numbingly boring. And I literally have already, I went through my entire podcast playlist at about, I feel like I did like 20 hours of podcasts. By the way, I finally, finally got my first chance to listen to Dan Carlin's podcast, Hardcore History. And it is just so awesome. If I've always, I've never gotten into it before because each episode is like four hours long. And this one is no exception, but this one is all about the Spartans and the various ancient civilizations and the warring that they were in. And it's just awesome. If you like history at all, I highly, highly recommend it. But so I ran out of podcast material and I started to go back to some old stuff. And I went through the meditation series that Mary Meckley of the Daily Meditation Podcast put together for me when I was preparing for the Last Doing Live event, which she was so kind enough to do. And she created a series of seven meditations for productivity. So I wanted to share one of my particular favorites before we get into the interview today. So you're going to hear Mary's meditation for breathing for productivity. So yes, there is definitely a way that you can breathe to increase your productivity. Now, after that, we're going to get right back to the interview. I'm not going to have any links to share with you this week. We've got an interview with Brian Scudamore of 1-800-GOT-JUNK. And I obviously forgot to mention this is episode 198 of the Less Doing Podcast. So everybody, please enjoy the meditation with Mary. And then I know you're going to love the interview with Brian. Have a happy and Merry Christmas, depending on where in the world you're celebrating it. And look forward to next week. Bye. You are listening to the Daily Meditation Podcast, episode 318. Welcome to the Daily Meditation Podcast. This is Mary Meckley, and I want to congratulate you for giving yourself permission to slow down and connect to the best part of who you are. And in today's guided meditation, you are going to be doing a breathing technique. Every Tuesday at the Daily Meditation Podcast, we focus on breath work. And so every single day, there's a different meditation technique. And you don't have to follow the meditations in sequence. But if you're following them in sequence, then today is Tuesday. And the theme for this week at the Daily Meditation Podcast is meditation for productivity. And it's a very special week because we happen to be following the teachings from a revolutionizing book called 
Less Doing, More Living. And this is a book written by Ari Mizell from lessdoing.com. And we're going to be doing his favorite breathing technique. And he told me that he does this technique quite a bit when he's feeling stressed. It's his favorite technique to do. So I'm very excited to share this technique with you. And Ari is going to be holding a live event in New York City, May 1st through 3rd, 2015. So I'm not sure when you'll be listening to this, but I am very excited to be attending that event. And if you would like to learn how to be more productive as well as experience more calm as you do it, then I encourage you to attend this event and I'd love to get together with you if you do. So just let me know. And I'd love to meet up with you there. It's going to be happening in New York City. Again, that's May 1st through 3rd, 2015. Now, let's go ahead and get you started on today's meditation. Go ahead and sit up straight. Make sure your spine is nice and straight as you meditate. Your spine is your lifeline in meditation. When it's straight, it helps you to be more alert and focused. Start to relax your body. Check in with yourself and notice where you may be experiencing any tension and simply release it. Now go ahead and work your way through all the points in your body that may harbor tension. So as you're sitting there nicely, gently close your eyes, relax your face and your jaw, relax your shoulders and your neck. Relax your chest and your back. Relax your arms as they hang at your sides. Relax your hands as you rest them on your lap with your palms either upward or downward. Relax your stomach. Relax your hips and your thighs, soften your knees, relax your calves and your feet. Beautiful. How do you feel right now? Check in with yourself. Notice your breath. Your breath tells you what kind of state you're in. You're breathing rapidly. You're often tense and stressed. You're breathing nice and very evenly. This helps you to experience more calm. We're going to go ahead and do what I like to call the instant OM breath because it instantly gives you a sensation of peace and calm in your body. Before we go into the instant own breath, I want to share with you 
Ari's second principle for living your life on a different level and that is creating an external brain so yesterday's meditation you explored how the 80-20 principle can really help you to become more productive when you actually do less you become more productive because you allow yourself to spend some time focusing on yourself recharging yourself working on parts of your life that are important to you such as your health and your relationships and just giving yourself the opportunity to relax and how that makes you much more efficient than if you charge full ahead at 100% or 110% as many people like to claim they live their life. Well today you're going to explore Ari's concept of creating an external brain and this was my favorite part of his book. His book Less Doing More Living and you'll find all the links to the meditations all the techniques we're using this week as well as the different apps and resources that Ari shares so this week is pretty special because not only do you receive a meditation technique but you also receive a technique for some app or system that can help you to be more productive and more calm and relaxed in the process so Creating an external brain, Ari explains it as a system to find anything at any time. And so when you have a way to organize your life where you know where everything is, this is going to help you save time and be more productive. And Ari shares an experience in his book where he was an entrepreneur at a very young age. He had all these different ideas, business ideas, and where, ways to share his knowledge and experience with others. And he would write everything down in a notebook. Well, as he got a little bit older, he started having less ideas. And he thought that maybe that's because as you got older, you just had less great ideas. Well, what he noticed is that at the time he really didn't have too many great ideas was when he was actually doing construction work when he was 18. And he realized that he was working such long days that he wasn't allowing himself time and space to think. And so the ideas didn't flow. And Ari says that when you write your ideas down, then that generates more ideas. And it's the same with your thoughts. When you write your thoughts down, it generates more thoughts and it helps to bring so much clarity. And so I encourage you to keep a little journal for yourself this week. In fact, I left a link for you in yesterday's meditation to download a meditation journal that I have waiting there for you. And it's not your regular meditation journal. This journal has a way for you 
to monitor your stress triggers so that you can see what may be triggering your stress throughout the day. When you write down your thoughts and ideas, Ari says that this helps to reawaken your brain. And it's so true. He also mentions that when you take care of your brain, you build the foundation to do your best work. And so you can write it down in a journal or you can use the app that he recommends. And he says this is his favorite app. And I have to agree, it's also my favorite app. And that is Evernote. With Evernote, you can record your thoughts using their audio, or you can write down the thoughts, or you can take a photo to remember something that inspired you. And it's preserved for you there. And you can easily do a search for your thoughts as well. And that's a great feature of Evernote. So if you can't remember exactly which note you noticed, some event that really made an impression on you, you can just simply use the search bar to type in a few words that might trigger that from the notes you've taken. And you're likely to find exactly what you were looking for right there in your Evernotes. So I use Evernote a lot on my mobile phone because that's usually when I'm on the road and I don't really have access to my laptop. So I simply, for myself, I like to use their audio device. I record my thoughts. So I encourage you to try Evernote. And that is certainly what Ari recommends you do as well. And this becomes your external brain. Now, there's a lot more that he talks about in regard to an external brain that will literally revolutionize the way you think about how you structure your life and what the possibilities are when you do different things to create an external brain. So go ahead now and let's do Ari's favorite technique because your breath is a technique that you can use anytime, just like Evernote. And this is what you carry along with you at all times to help you to be calm and relaxed. And this helps you to focus and have more clarity and in the process, get your best work done. So as you're sitting there nicely, again, make sure that your jaw, your shoulders, and your stomach are relaxed. And you're going to be inhaling to the count of four. And then you're going to hold your breath to the count of four. And then you're going to exhale your breath to the count of four. And we're going to do this together four times. So this is often referred to as the even breath because you could do the same breathing technique to the count of six. Just make sure that everything you do, you do throughout the entire technique. So if you do it to the count of six, you'll inhale to six, hold your breath to six, and then exhale to six, and you'll do it six times. Well, today we're gonna do it to the count of four, and I'll count with you so that you know what kind of a pace to keep. You'll recognize this meditation technique 
because I have shared it a few times here on the Daily Meditation Podcast. So make sure your spine is straight, you're relaxed, your eyes are gently uplifted. Now go ahead and inhale to the count of four. One, two, three, four. Hold your breath for four. One, two, three, four. Exhale to four. One, two, three, four. Inhale. Hold. Exhale. Inhale. Hold. sit as you meditate, enjoying the beautiful sensations you've created for yourself. And when your mind wanders, and it very well may wander, go ahead and bring it back to your breathing technique. Do a few rounds of this instant OM breath. And again, you can head over to sipandom.com and find the apps that Ari recommends and also the meditation journal for you to record your thoughts and your stress triggers throughout the day. I so enjoyed sharing this meditation with you and as always remember you are so worth slowing down for. So now I'm speaking with Brian Scudamore, who is the founder and CEO of 1-800-GOT-JUNK. So Brian, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me. Absolutely. Happy to be included. Thanks, Ari. So I, I have used your company on a few occasions, and it's, I mean, it, as a 
the experience has always been great, but it's just as a, as an offering, it's such a wonderful thing because you get rid of people's junk, which, uh, you know, there's a physical and emotional issue with people having clutter in their lives. And it's definitely something that I teach unless doing is trying to get people to have, uh, to pare down things that they don't need. So I, I almost feel like we don't have to explain what one hour got junk is because it's such a well-known brand. You see the trucks everywhere. How did you uh, get the idea to start it? It was simple. I was looking for a way to pay for college. I was in a McDonald's drive through I was one course short of graduating from high school, much to the displeasure of my parents. And I saw this beat up old truck in front of me that had plywood sides built up on the box. It said Mark's hauling on the side and the idea hit me. There was my way to pay for college. But what's ironic about the whole story is three years after finding a way to pay for college, running a business, I was learning more about business on the streets, so to speak, rather than school and made that bold decision to drop out. And uh, no looking back, love what I do every single day. And it's been 27 years now of building 1-800-GOT-JUNK into almost a quarter of a billion dollar business. Yeah, it's I mean, it's incredible. And I also, I, I'm friendly with uh, Cameron Harold, who uh, was your CFO, right? Person. Yeah, Cameron was my COO for seven, seven years. Yeah, great friends. He is someone that uh, I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for Cameron. He took me, helped take me from $2 million in revenue to $106 million in revenue. And we're great friends, and we certainly had an awesome time working together. Yeah, okay. So th- there's a few things in here that I wanted to talk about. So the first one is, d- did you know from the beginning that this was going to be a franchise? I'd always been inspired by franchising as a model, and here's why. I am a huge fan of McDonald's, not necessarily the the food, but the the Ray Kroc model of finding great people and helping to give them an opportunity that it's all about building something much bigger together versus going at it alone. And I love that Ray Kroc took what the McDonald's brothers created and said, let's get this in every major metro, every small city across the world, and built something through a simple recipe that was duplicatable and love the model. So did I know up front I was going to franchise? I had a feeling as a kid, I'd always loved the business model. And I'd always, believe it or not, as a kid, loved business. My grandparents ran an army surplus store in San Francisco. I used to work there every weekend and in summers. So I was inspired to be an entrepreneur following in their footsteps. And uh, franchising was ultimately the path I chose. Yeah. And, and it, it just, it's interesting to me because there's, there's franchising as a model seems to, I mean, on the face of it, it seems like it makes a lot of sense, right? You're going to have other people essentially growing your brand and your business uh, based on something that you started. And for a lot of people, it's, it, it's a really, it, it's a really straightforward way for people to make money, get into a business and, and, and really learn and grow. There's just a lot of growth opportunity there. Uh, but again, it's like, I, I'm almost, I'm, I'm shocked in some ways that this, this seemed like such an obvious thing for you because as you said, you were just sitting in a drive through and you saw a truck with some plywood signs on it. Like, what did you think made it made what you were doing unique, you know, in that it could be something that could be, uh, you know, branded almost? Yeah, I had a vision for something bigger. Originally, it was just a vision to pay for college, but then it grew into a vision for professionalizing an industry. So I had a beat up old pickup truck with plywood sides, just like Mark's hauling. And I was very similar to every other mom and pop fragmented mom and pop junk hauler that was out there. But one thing I did differently was customer service. And I said I was I was so caring and friendly. I was professional. I would sweep up after every job. I would go above and beyond in any way I could. And I said, I need the look and the feel of the brand 
to go along with the customer experience that I promised. So I came up with this vision that we would be the FedEx of junk removal, clean, shiny trucks, friendly, uniform drivers, on-time service, upfront rates. Those four things made us and still today make us different from everyone else. And uh, we have a professional fleet of brand new, you know, 1,200 trucks out there. And and you might think, well, a customer doesn't care about a clean, shiny truck. Well, they might not say they care, but they do care because it reflects in the first impression that we make as a brand. And people think of us, call us first because of the bar that we hold so high. Well, yeah, there's that <clears throat> that saying, you know, that the, the way you do anything is the way you do everything, right? Absolutely. Huge believer in that. It's the way you show up every day in everything you do. And uh, we're obsessed with customer experience. And we've taken the, the 1-800-GOT-JUNK model and, and gotten into new franchise businesses. We're into windows and gutters with a company called Shackshine. We've got a painting business, a moving business called You Move Me. So we've been able to, what the first plan was, was to scale and grow 1-800-GOT-JUNK. But then I realized what we were good at, running call centers, booking and dispatch, creating a franchise program, marketing, PR. We've scaled that into other also fragmented spaces. Yeah, I, I'm sure that affords you all those interesting opportunities. You're, see, you're seeing – so this is the other thing to me. is like you're, you're seeing a very interesting part of people's lives, I feel like, in some ways. Because you know whether they really are clearing out junk or they're moving into a new house or, or whatever it is, there, there's like – this is – part of the life cycle of what a lot of people end up going through. Uh, but one thing in particular that I I'm, I'm wanted to ask you is, do, are there opportunities or things that come up a lot of times where they might get, the, like the, the truck will show up to the house and then there's, there's things in it that actually might be really valuable that people don't realize and are getting rid of? And I, the reason I ask is that, the last time I, I had the experience using uh, the company, everything was great. But at the same time, they're very professional, courteous, and clean and all that. But at the same time, when they're removing stuff, it's like a whirlwind, right? It's just it's like you want to get yeah. everything out as quickly as possible. So is, I don't know. Do they ever like come across things that are unusual or weird or like they have to stop and think like maybe we should talk to somebody about this? <laughs> Yeah, we, we, you know, it's an interesting business. 61.3%, according to our most recent audit of everything we haul away, gets reused, recycled, donated. So we try not to put everything into the landfill. That usually happens by us dumping it into a transfer station, municipal-owned transfer station. Well, they will sort through all the items and, and process those items and take them to the right places. We just don't, our business is taking something from point A, someone's home, usually to point B, the, the transfer station, hopefully not the landfill. Uh, do we find good stuff? Do we find stuff we can resell? You know, it, it's not our core business. We believe in, in the recycling and donating, but we let someone else do that. We pay a fee to dump everything with these, these, uh, municipal transfer stations. Have we found strange things? Absolutely. <laughs> We're on, we found John Wayne's Bible. We hauled away a piano, that, uh, an old uh, semi-rotten piano that belonged to Clark Gable. We've hauled away, uh, one of the jobs that I remember doing myself was two truckloads full of escargot shells from a company that was trying to sell escargot and went bankrupt. <laughs> the, the, the best find we've ever found in history, I was not on this job, but it was uh, $400,000 in cash. And no, it wasn't drug money. It was someone's home that was being renovated. And one of our guys saw bills in the, in the floorboard or thought he saw a bill. 
pointed it out to the customer. They said they were renovating the house, so they said, let's use a crowbar and, and pull up the floor. And as they started to really get into it, it totaled $400,000. The amount were in 1932 bills. And what was cool about that is if you converted it in today's money, it was over $5 million. Nobody knows how it got there, but the people that bought the home couldn't retrace the roots and I guess finders keepers. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's, that's really funny. Um, but, and then the other thing, well, okay. So actually that's interesting. I didn't realize that you're in a lot of ways, you're outsourcing the processing of the stuff that you're hauling away, which is, which is really cool as well. Um, yeah, I'm a big, big believer like you are focus on what your strengths are. Focus on what you do best. We don't need to own machinery as 1-800-GOT-JUNK where we're processing and sorting and having different trucks cart things away. Focus on what we do best and keep it simple. Yeah, which I, I couldn't agree with more. And so what does your job look like now? You know, you've, the company's almost 30 years old and it's growing incredibly. Like what, what day to day, what are you focused on? Great question. I have what I call a two in the box model of leadership. So there's myself and, and what used to be Cameron. We were, we were great together, but we were both so fire ready aim. We were very ADD, very entrepreneurial, not a lot of rigor. The current president I have, who's actually a, uh, a fraternity brother of Cameron Harold's, his name's Eric Church. He's been with me for four years, and we are this two-in-the-box partnership model that works just fantastically. I'm the culture, the vision guy. He's the executor, the implementer of the strategy and the plans. I think that in, in business, entrepreneurs are, are very good at something and often very bad at many more things. Can you find someone that can fill those gaps for you and help you do uh, focus on what you do best while they can actually dive into what they do best? So it, the model works incredibly well. What my typical day would then be is, are we expanding into other brands? We've got four companies currently. We, we created a parent company called O2E Brands, O, the number two, the letter E. And why O2E Brands? It stands for Ordinary to Exceptional. Everything we do taking the ordinary business of junk removal and making it exceptional. And we're doing that in other spaces. So my role is to look for new opportunities. My role is to make sure we've got incredible people at the highest levels and that they're finding people at all levels of the business. My role is to make sure that the, the vision for our customer experience and for who we are as a company is alive and well. We don't have any private offices. It's a very open office environment. It feels like a startup, even though it's a quarter of a billion dollar business. So my role is culture. Eric's execution. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up about the open open uh, floor plan or whatever. I mean, how, how what, what the core company? How many people are you? We've got about 300 people between two offices. If we include our franchise partners and their employees, we'd be upwards of 4,000 employees. Sure, but but it's a good energetic vibe. We run a daily huddle meeting every day, a stand up meeting from 10:55 a.m. for seven minutes, focusing on numbers key accountabilities, good news. It's uh, an energetic environment that I, I love being part of every day. That's really great. I, and, and 300 people at the core of the business is, is really cool. Now, I mean, obviously, this is sort of a complex question, but what do you attribute the just breaknecking pace of growth that you experienced? Well, it's interesting. We, we grew with Cameron's help and leadership. We grew to $106 million. We hit some tough times with the economy. 
We fell off by about $40 million just after Cameron left, a year after Cameron left. We didn't have the right leadership. We were missing uh, key people and key positions. So while we've grown very quickly, it took eight years to get to a million in revenue. Uh, it then took, you know, another, uh, yeah, I don't know, another six or something to get to 100 million. We continue to grow today, but we've had our ups and downs. And I think the key factor for us is we continue to learn. We fail we learn, we fail again, we learn, and we, we, we just adjust our plans. We have what we call a WTF culture, which is willing to fail. We allow our people to make mistakes as long as we're going to learn from them and as long as we know that it's going to help make things better here. So we're not afraid to fail, and it's constantly working at the model to make the people better, to develop our team, and to continue to grow revenue. Yeah, and, and that's... I mean, obviously, you have a lot of passion for what you're doing, and you, you you make it sound like it's it's very natural to you. But what you're talking about, really, it's a lot of work, and you know, to keep uh, that ship moving in the right direction with that many people, with that kind of vision, and at that high of a quality level. I mean, that's that's very impressive. Well, the passion is natural, but I think what it is is I am allowed to be. I allow myself to be more passionate than if I was working on things that I'm not passionate about. So having Eric, who also has the same philosophy of finding people that fill his areas of weakness, we've all got weaknesses, it allows us to do what we do best, but it also allows us to do what we love most. Yeah, which then makes it not really work, right? <laughs> it, I, I don't feel like I come to work. I really don't. You know, I feel like I come to a place that's fun, that's energized. And yes, there's problems and fires, but the way we get to tackle them are with a challenging mindset of, of at times feeling like we're playing a game, that it's all about figuring out how to keep winning. Yeah, absolutely. So now the, the last question that I always like to ask on these interviews is uh, what are your top three pieces of advice for people to be more effective? And you can, you can interpret that however you like. I, I think the number one piece is create your painted picture. Know where you're going. You know, Cameron and I were both big believers and still are in, in vision. And I know Cameron calls it his vivid vision. I call it my painted picture. I think they're the same things. And whatever they, whatever uh, someone wants to do in, in terms of what they want to be in life, if you can understand your purpose and put it in a clear painted picture of the destination, people don't know how, have to know exactly how to get where they're going, but figure out where you're going. It's like planning a trip. We often sit there and go, you know what? I'm going to go to Bali. Well, how are we going to get there? You know, there's lots of details to figure out timing and cost and where you're staying with a vision or a painted picture. It's knowing the destination, sharing that with your team in, in full technicolor, and then starting to get the team empowered to figure out where you're going. So I am happy to share my painted picture with anybody. If anyone ever wants to get in touch with me, uh, it's at Brian Scudamore uh, through Twitter and, and you know, happy to share the painted picture of, of what we've created if it helps to inspire others. And, you know, so create a vision. Number two to me is, is making sure you've got the right people. And as I said earlier, I believe it's identifying what you're good at what you're not so good at, and finding someone to fill those gaps. So someone can be leading a department, someone can be leading a company. It's finding out what you're not good at that you still think needs to happen in your business and finding someone who can do that job for you so you can work in your area of passion. So that's number two, vision, 
people. The third one to me is systems, making sure you've got cookie cutter processes in your business. So when you figure something out, when you've had an aha moment on how to do something, it could be how to price jobs or how to answer the phones in the call center, whatever it might be. When you figured something out, document it, share those processes with others and get people to improve them over time. The simplest way for me uh, to communicate processes and systems is having people read the E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. It changed my life and how I run my business, and it's all about systems. So three simple things, vision, people, and systems. And those are fantastic. I just want to push on the last one a little bit more. And, and the e-myth is something that comes up actually on several interviews. People refer to it quite a bit. And, and Michael Gerber is obviously quite brilliant. Uh, how does that, how, how do you see that in your business implementing the implementation specifically in terms of systems? You know, because again, it is a, it's a large business and you have all these different franchise partners. So what are the kinds of things, or at least new things that you see systematizing, you know, in your in your daily life? Sure. So let me pick a, a simple example. If you think of moving, moving is a stressful thing for anybody. Yeah. What we try and do is we try and make moving almost fun. We try and make it less stressful. So we've got processes and systems in place that we, we hire the right people, we train the right people on how to move, and we get them to deliver on some simple things. So number one, every time we call a customer to say we're on route, we're almost there, we would call them, say, 45 minutes ahead and say, Mrs. Jones... We know you've packed your coffee maker. It's moving day. We're on our way. What kind of hot drink can we pick up for you? And they'll give you their Starbucks order or whatever it is, and, and we bring it. And it's one little way to help make their day or their move a little smoother. At the end, we have a housewarming plant with a you move me thank you card signed by the staff who did the move. These are processes, again, that are little things, but we train people. We hold people accountable to them. We inspect what we expect and make sure that they're getting done. So processes are something that are simple to implement. They, you've then got to have the training systems, the implementation systems, the follow-up systems to make them all work. And that's one thing I learned from the EMF. And, and also just one more question on that too is, is that in the form of a training manual, videos, in-person stuff? Like how, what does that training actually look like? All of the above. So yeah. at the simplest level, it's some online documentation, which would be our operations manual for the business. It would be regular training in person. It would be regular conferences and regional meetings that we have to reinforce it. It would be coaching phone calls. It would be accountability and inspecting what we expect and highlighting any areas where we might be falling short. So it's so many things. And it's like communication. People think at times that they can send out an email to the entire company and something's been communicated. Absolutely not. You need to communicate things over and over in different ways tell stories, give examples, give praise. It's uh, an ongoing process and it's something that it, it, it takes time and effort to really be done right. Fantastic. Well, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not going to necessarily, well, sorry, I was going to say, I usually have people end with the URL, but uh, people should know when I got junk, we're going to have it in the show notes. Is there something else though that you want to drive people towards or or share? Yeah, I think our, our parent company, uh, my, my parent company of the entire four brands is called O2EBrands.com. So letter O, number two, letter E, brands.com. And they can learn about any of our companies. We're always looking for great people. We're a very entrepreneurially driven company. And uh, I love the world of entrepreneurship. So if I can ever help any of your listeners in any way, I can be reachable at, at Brian Scudamore and uh, happy to help. 
Fantastic. Well, Brian, thank you so much. That was excellent. Really enjoyed it. And I'm uh, honored again to be included in your podcast. Thanks, Ari. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Less Doing podcast. If you want to find out more information of the show, we would love to hear from you. You can go to lessdoing.com where you can look at Ari's blog, see the show notes for this episode, and also look at all the other episodes before this. If you want to send us a voicemail, we would love to hear from you and we'll play it on the show. You go to lessdoing.com, click on contact, and look on the right side of the page where you'll see a, a send voicemail button. Click on that and go ahead and record an audio message for us. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter. Ari's Twitter handle is at Ari Mizell, and mine is at Felix Bird. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. See you next time.